0: What a blessing. Amen. I love the name of Jesus, don't you? We praise God. Well, tonight, uh, this weekend, we're going to be talking about a topic that may be familiar to a lot of us. We're going to be talking about the word on worry. (laughs) And worry is one of those things. It's something we probably do more than we would like to admit. Anyone want to give me an amen? Amen. Okay, at least a few. Of, okay, there we go. And, uh, and we know that it, it isn't the way that we will attain peace. Uh, we know that it's destructive to our health. We've read the studies. We know that it's not good for our well-being. It's not good for our relationships. It's not good for the people around us. It distracts us from our focus. The, the sort of thing that uh, Pastor Paul was talking about last week, and it gets us off track. And yet sometimes we feel almost like we need to worry out of obligation. Have you ever been in that sort of a situation? It's like it's a badge of honor. It's like it's part of our job description. I I remember having a conversation like this with I think all of our children at at one time or another. The child says, dad, don't worry about me. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Have you had this conversation? You don't understand that's my job description. You don't understand that's what I do. I worry about you and that's not gonna stop for a long, long time. I've said those words, maybe you have too. We've heard some of the wisdom of the world on worry. Leo Biscaglia, he said, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Amen? Are you with me? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Zig Ziglar said it a little bit different. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. So if you want joy and you want peace, worrying is not the way we're going to get there. Irma Bombeck said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. And I posted that this week and someone pretty quickly uh, responded and said, well, at least a rocking chair can get the baby to sleep. There's some great benefit, amen. There's a study done in 2020. I think it's really interesting because of the timing, Uh, right there in pandemic. And uh, they, they worked with people and they used a worry journal Uh, Sort of like we might use a prayer journal. Uh, Write down your worries, document your worries, and then see over a period of time uh, what happens. So in this study by behavioral psychologists, they found that 91.4% of the things we worry about never happen. I mean, it's a pretty big study. I thought that was pretty amazing. And the 9% that that does happen, one-third of those turn out to be good. They turn out for the good. So think about this. Out of a hundred things you worry about, uh, only, only uh, six turn out badly. I think that's, you know, and those are probably the things that are out of your control. And we worry about things that we can never control, don't we? And that's part of the problem. The famous philosopher Bobby McFerrin uh, said, In your life, expect some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Do you know the rest of it? Don't worry, be happy. And and it may not be that simple. simple. By the way, were you like me? You thought that Bob Marley wrote that song? Yeah. And he didn't, but don't worry about that, okay? Don't worry, all right? But what did Jesus have to say? Our series is called Word On. The Word made flesh speaking uh, on a mountainside to a mass of people bringing us truth on these 12 topics. We're to topic number 11. My goodness, we've looked at anger, lust, uh, divorce, uh, oaths, retaliation, enemies, giving, prayer, fasting, treasures, and we're to worry. We'll look at judging next week. It's right here at the center of the Sermon on the Mount. So let's give our attention to the words of Jesus as he spoke them. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. They're familiar. That's the problem with this whole message, uh, this whole sermon is, these are so familiar, we need to dig in a little bit. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now let's stand and let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for word. I thank you for word that impacts us, that changes us, that transforms us, that transforms the settings in which we find ourselves. I thank you for word. And so God speak to us your word in Jesus name, amen. You can be seated. Jesus begins with this word, therefore. And you know, in Bible study, uh, many of you know this, but it's so important, it's a principle. When we see that word, we ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? It's really important. Based on what I just said, that's what that means. Therefore, it means based on what I just said, I'm gonna tell you something more, a conclusion that sits upon that. What did he just say? Well, let's go back to what Pastor Paul was teaching last weekend, just a few verses back. Earthly treasures do not satisfy, and they don't last. And moral and spiritual vision, it's easily distorted and darkened. That's what Jesus was telling us. And that you must choose between God and money. You can't serve two masters. And God demands an allegiance to his kingdom values. So based on that, therefore, don't worry. And that's what he's telling us. Don't worry. Is it really that simple though? Is it really that easy? I have to be honest. You know, I was studying through this and I thought, I don't know, the, the verses before got, got me pretty worried about anger and lust and divorce and oaths and retaliation and enemies. Anybody else? I mean, I got to digging in and thinking about those things and prayer and fasting, all these things. And now just don't worry, be happy. Like the song? So we need to understand what Jesus was saying and what he was not saying. So he says, and I like the way the ESV translates it. The ESV translates it, do not be anxious. And the, and the Greek uh, word, are you ready for some Greek? Yes, okay. It's merimnao. nao, let's say that together. Merimnao. nao, say it again. Merimnao. it means carefulness of thought anxious thought, distraction, to be troubled with cares. To be troubled with cares. And the root word, merimna, means to be divided from the whole. It's a much stronger sort of root. Fractured into parts, drawn in different directions. It's a really powerful word. So we wanna get that imagery. We're talking about an anxiousness. It's not just being concerned. It's not just caring about a situation. It means to be divided from the whole, fractured into parts, drawn in different directions. And so Jesus is saying, do not do this thing that fractures you. He's really very direct, that pulls you apart, that distracts you. And by saying, do not do this thing, he's saying, it's a choice. You have a choice. It's the same word that he used uh, when he was speaking to Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. The Lord answered, you know, Martha was running around and getting everything fixed. And, and she said, well, why you, won't you tell my sister to come in and help me? And the Lord said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled. You are pulled in many directions by many things. And what, what has been given to your sister won't be taken from her. In Luke chapter 12, uh, he uses the same word, Jesus does. And and when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious, do not be pulled apart. Don't, Don't get distracted. Don't get fractured about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. Just wait, I'll tell you what to say. Don't be anxious about that. So as I was studying this, this question occurred to me, are we to be just carefree? Is that what Jesus is saying? To to not have cares? And actually the Bible teaches us to care, have cares about a whole lot of things. Again and again, the Bible calls us to, to care about people, to care about community, to care about the gospel, to care about justice, to name a few. I would say that the Bible calls us to be careful and not carefree. I know that's a, you know that's a kind of a, a different spin on the word. Be full of care. Give careful thought, the scripture says, about my house. The the prophet Haggai, you live in paneled houses while this house, the temple, lies in ruins. Give careful thought to that. You need to think about that. that. That my house is to be honored and is important. Proverbs chapter four says, give careful thought to the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. You need to give careful thought. So we're to care about a lot of things. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. You should care about these things. We're supposed to be full of care about the right things. But he says, do not get worried. Do not become distracted by the cares of life. What is that? The Greek word for life here is psuke. Why don't you say that with me? Psuche psuke is, is where we get the word psychology or psyche. And it means, uh, in Greek, it means breath or spirit. It's the breath of life. Uh, we, were talk, we were singing about that a little bit ago, about he, how he gives us life. His name gives us life. It's the breath of life that God has breathed into you. It's your material life. It's your existence. When we say that he is the author, he, he is the one who gives life and the one who ends uh, our our mortal lives here. That's what we're talking about. There's some other words. This is the most basic uh, concerns of life. There's other words for life that mean a rational soul and vitality in life, but psuche is a really important one. It reminds me, actually, I was thinking about this, you know, staying alive thing, and it reminds me of one of the famous philosophers uh, of the 70s, the Bee Gees, who, they said, uh, oh, 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 staying alive. Do you remember the staying alive? Okay, we're gonna some throwback music. Yes, but what did Jesus mean? Jesus was being very specific. He says, "Don't worry. Don't get distracted. Don't get pulled to pieces about what you will eat." I mean, he tells us what you will drink about about your body or or what you will put on. That's kind of hard because we think about those all the time. But don't get distracted. Don't get get all torn up about those things. So what did Jesus mean? Look at how the Lord clothes the birds of the air. Are you not of more value? He makes it the, the illustration for us. The next question from Jesus, which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his span of life? It's a really important phrase. It's a really important verse. Now, it's interesting, if you're, if you're looking in a different Bible, it might say, a cubit to your stature. It's another way to translate this, this same verse. And, and you could translate it that way. If, if you're short, can you make yourself taller by worrying? I know people that have tried. <laughs> but a cubit is 18 inches. Can you make yourself grow 18 inches by worrying about it? No. But this is saying I, I like the the ESV uh, who can add an hour to the span of your life uh, who can who can make their life longer God knows the number of your days and, and we find this in a number of different scriptures now, I don't know about you but but then I, I think, well, then why should I worry about my health? If, he's, if there's just a number of days, why should I worry about, why should I exercise? Why should I worry about what I eat? Why should I try to stay healthy? Because if there's a number of days, I, I don't think that that's what Jesus was, was pointing to. 1 Corinthians 6 says, uh, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? You're, you contain the Holy Spirit. So you want to honor uh, that temple by being healthy. You, you are not your own. Did you know that? <laughs> you are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. That's a really good verse. First Timothy 4, the apostle Paul said, bodily training is of some value. So, so get out and walk, be active, exercise some. It's of some value. It's not of eternal value. Godliness is of value in every way, Paul said. I found another one that I just was kind of blunt. And it kind of stunned me. Proverbs twenty-three two says, put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. How's that? <laughs> Did that strike you as a little bit strong? <laughs> I, 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 know, I know it doesn't mean uh, like cut your throat literally or anything like that. You know, the Daniel pa- uh, diet plan is popular. There's tons of books uh, on it because it's biblical. But what about put a knife to your throat diet? Will that sell? Come on, work with me a little bit here. <laughs> it doesn't have the same charm, does it? I don't think so. But Jesus asked, why do you worry so much about your clothes? Why do you worry? Look at the splendor God has used to clothe his creation. He's gonna take care of you. The lilies of the field are not worried. They, they are all passing away. Gentiles, the, the, the way of the pagan is to worry a lot about what we wear. I mean, we have to think about what we wear, but when we worry, when we obsess on what we wear, on fashion, all these different kinds of things, this is the way of the world. It's not the way of the kingdom. And don't worry about what you will eat or drink or wear. God knows you need these things. God knows what you need. God knows exactly what you need. We get distracted sometimes by the things we want. Isn't that the case? Sometimes we confuse needs with wants, don't we? Let me ask you a question. Do you know this place in Walmart? Are you familiar with this place? Uh, whenever, uh, whenever Pastor and I, Ann and I, we come by this aisle, the, the chip aisle, uh, we ask, uh, we just one of us will ask, do we need chips? And then we look at each other because it's just kind of the funniest question. Uh, What we're asking is, is the supply of chips in our home exhausted? Um, And it probably is because we like chips, but do we need chips? That's a whole different question. Uh, Another matter, isn't it? Jesus comes to this marvelous verse, Matthew 6, 33. It's one of the first verses that was really central in my Christian life as a teenager. Uh, It's the big promise. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All of the things that we need will be added to you. What a marvelous promise that is. Here's the problem. There's a lot of things in life to worry about these days. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of things. Gas prices, inflation, war in Ukraine, the next variant, the stock market, gas prices. Pastor Jeff, didn't you just say that? Well, they went up in the time that I was talking, you know, just go out and look. Our kids and our grandkids and our aging parents, our health and test results and and relationships and family, extended family, jobs and cars and computers and all this other stuff and, and gas prices. They're up again. <laughs> and, and any of these can throw us a curveball at any time. And we can't just say, I could care less about those things. But we need to find a way to not worry over these things. I, I think this is a very appropriate thing for Jesus to talk to us about. Because over the past two years, I don't know if you've seen it, but boy have I seen it. I've had people come in and they're just tied in knots with worry. And maybe you have been too. And there's a lot of different things that have burdened us and can burden us. We don't want to misunderstand. The Bible teaches personal responsibility. Ecclesiastes 10. If a man is lazy, the rafters sag. (laughs) If his hands are idle, the house leaks. We have to do things, don't we? I mean, I started looking through. There are so many places. We're to work and to bear our own load. We're to to carry a burden. Uh, We're to provide for our families. We have responsibility. Uh, We have a responsibility to save and to prepare for future times. It's different from keeping up treasures on earth, but we are to save. Uh, and, And we are to act prudently and diligently, and we're to provide shelter. We're to care about the things that we can do and attend to them. So we don't want to miss that. You know, I found myself wondering as I was studying this this week, um, is there such a thing as a worry-free life? What would that be? And I wanna say that if we understand worry as a state of being fractured and pulled apart in every direction, yes, we can be free of that. But if we understand worry-free as having no responsibilities or shirking responsibility or shifting burdens to others, that's not called for in scripture. It simply isn't. So, what I want to do in in the the final minutes uh, that we we spend together is, uh, I want to share with you seven steps toward a less worried life. I think that's a target. I don't know that I'll ever have a time when I'm worry free. There are no, there is no worry, and I'll tell you why I think that is. Uh, I think it's a thing that get gets its hooks into us so very easily. But I want to give you seven, seven steps that I think are very, very powerful out of scripture because I think we could all benefit from a less worried life. Amen? Amen. Number one is to choose to trust God. That sounds really basic. Pastor Jeff, that's just so basic. We should just move on from that. That's like, yeah, the most basic of things. And yes, it's the most basic of things and it's the most important of things. It may be the most difficult of things we are ever called to do. And yet it's the most powerful thing that we are ever called to do. And the problem is that that we say that we're gonna give this to God, but our actions usually speak louder than our words. I, I let that go and gave it to God, but then we take it right back. And why is it? Fundamentally, it's a trust issue. We don't trust that he will take care of that thing the way we would. I think I have a better idea about how to deal with this. And so we start back in worrying over it instead of trusting about it. Or we aren't able to trust that he is going to take care of it the way that we want, the way that we would envision it to be. There's a basic statement that is the turning point, I think, for a believer. And that is this this simple statement, You are God, I am not. And it's, you know, you say that's a one-time thing, I settled that, no, I think, I think that's an everyday thing. It's something I have to go back to again and again and again. Why don't we say those words out loud? You are God, I am not. Let's say it again. You are God, I am not. And sometimes we just have to wrestle over these things, but it so saturates our scripture. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know, stop. Stop and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, know, we get all worried and concerned about what's going on in Ukraine. You know who's going to be exalted? It's not going to be President Zelensky and it's not going to be Putin and it's not going to be NATO. It's going to be God. God is going to be, why? He declared it right here. God is going to be exalted among the nations. And so I don't have to worry about that. But I care, and I I need to care. Psalm 32, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Do we trust that? The best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Proverbs 3, very familiar. Maybe you've memorized it. Trust in the Lord. Why don't we read it out loud together? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths." Wow, I need to go back and visit that. I need to go back and and touch that. It's so very important and powerful. Isaiah 41, "'Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed.'" That's very similar, it's a worry word. "'Do not be dismayed, for I am your God.'" I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. How many I wills is there? Wow. So we need the power. And this is why scripture is so important to post it and to place it and put it into our hearts. The other one that's so familiar, Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So as I was digging in this week, this is one of the questions that came to me. Is worry a sin? Is worry a sin? Well, Jesus told us not to worry, okay? And Romans 14 says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. That's pretty direct. And worry does not proceed from faith. So yes, worry is a sin. And I've talked to some people that that told me that's the thing that finally set them free. When I realized I'm not doing some noble thing, I, I am sinning against God. I am not trusting. I am sinning against God by wrapping myself up, allowing myself to be distracted and pulled in many directions by worry. We sometimes think of it as sort of a noble sin. There's no such thing. We're deceiving ourselves. So Jesus says, stop it. That's what he's saying here. Stop it. Trust instead. Number two, do the things you can do. You know, we worry about a lot of things that we actually have some control over. We, we, If we do the things we can do, those will be off of our worry list. You know, if your car is undependable, save up and get a more dependable car, or get it repaired. There are things that we can do. We don't have a privilege of being irresponsible, just saying, well, God will take care of me. I always remember this one young man in the first church that I served years ago, and he had been a teacher in the high school, and he, was, he went to a Christian school, and he was, he was a you know, very faithful guy, and he was all involved in all this sort of thing, and he, uh, he, was, a, he was pretty careless, about things. He's pretty uh, loosey-goosey about arriving on time and things like that. And he got let go from his job. He said, well, God will take care of me. And then he he lost his uh, apartment and then he said, well, God will take care of me. And then he was living under a bridge. This is a Christian young man with a degree who had been like a history teacher in the local high school. He's living under a bridge and people from the church would bring him things and they'd invite him in for a night when the weather was bad and things like this. He said, well, I know so God is going to take care of me. You know, we have to take hold of some things, don't we? It's really important. We don't have a privilege of being irresponsible. You know, uh, make a list and create a system. Uh, You know, if you find yourself getting worried all the time about, did I leave that pot burning on the stove? Make sure your neighbor has a key and can come over and check. That's what I have (laughs) to make sure if if we need something to check. Have somebody who will take the dog out so you're not worried about it. That's another song, who let the dog out? Who, who, who? I got a lot of music in this one, don't I? Number three, shift your burdens. This is scripture. You're not supposed to carry that burden. Shift the burden. There are so many things that we cannot control. And, And those things we're not to have on our shoulders. Psalm 55. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. 1 Peter 5, casting all your anxieties, your worries on him. Cast your worries on him because he cares for you. Give Give them to Jesus. Matthew 11, Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. That's a worry word. And, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in, in for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So important to make that shift. I found this, this little one. Take a look at this. Don't worry. God's got your back. It's that same scripture that's up there. Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. And then number four is, make your care list into your prayer list. Every one of these. The Apostle Paul, you're familiar with it. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. Wow. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be Made known to God. Give it to God in prayer. I mean Jesus, Jesus said. Uh, in in this passage. Your heavenly father knows. That you need all these things. And this is the, the power. Of the private place of prayer. Do you remember in, in a little bit earlier. In this chapter. Jesus said but when you pray. Go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret. Will reward you. You. That doesn't mean that you get everything that you you know wished for. It means you're going to have peace. That's the reward. Much of the reward is peace, and so number five is to receive His peace. That that next part in uh, says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that because that word "guard" means we'll garrison. It's such a it's a military word. It's like we'll set up a fort, a fortress, around your heart and your mind. How many of you need that? Yeah, we'll garrison your heart and your mind. We have a garrison available to guard our hearts and our minds. You know, I always, I watch these shows where somebody is gonna be a witness and they're taken into protective custody and they have a guard outside the door, you know, it's a police show or something like that. And, and, I, and I think of that, would you dismiss the guard and say, I don't need you? You, you do realize the mafia is after you? <laughs> Are you gonna dismiss the guard? And, and let me tell you, the guard that's outside your door when we go in prayer is much more powerful than any police officer or any team of police officers. And so we need to make sure that that we garrison our hearts and our minds through prayer. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That means we have to receive that peace. Rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Second Thessalonians, now, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace in all times in every way. What a promise. What a blessing. And of course, John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. He did not say, worry I leave with you, did he? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled and neither let them be afraid. The sixth is to refocus your thinking. You see, we the one thing we can do is we can choose what we think about. It takes some discipline. We can choose to redirect our minds or else he wouldn't tell us to do so. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God, that, that's a redirection of our minds and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Philippians 4, 8, the next thing in Philippians, right after that, finally brothers, whatever is true, You know this, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is worrisome. No, (laughs) whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, I I look at the news. But if the first thing that I check in the morning is the war news, I'm going to have a war news day. And if the first thing I check in the morning is the good news, I'm going to have a good news day. And that's how we need to direct our thoughts and our minds. And the the, the seventh one, the last one, is to encourage someone. When you're worried, you do realize you're not the only one. Amen? You're not the only one. I found this verse, and I thought it was kind of amazing, um, Proverbs 12, 25. I think they're actually going to use it on the, <clears throat> on the retreat next, uh, this coming weekend. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And I got to just meditating on, a, on that, and I, and I thought, you know, that works two ways. Receiving a, a good word makes that man glad. That that person who is burdened, anxiety is burdening this man's heart, weighing him down, but a good word makes him glad, but extending a good word also makes that man glad. When we look beyond ourselves, and sometimes we can't do that for a while. I, I know there are times in life where we just are trying to get our own head above water, but at some point to realize, you know, there are other people and I can extend a good word and that will bring gladness to my heart, that will lift that burden that's been upon me. I'm not talking about something trite, these, these little things. Sometimes it's just, I'm here. I'm here. Um, a word of encouragement. You're going to make it. One day at a time. You're going to make it. And I'm here. I'm not, I'm not going to go away. I don't have some little thing. I'm not going to try to cheer you up, but I'm here. I'm not going away. And to look out beyond ourselves. Those are powerful handles. For us to find a less worried life. So let me ask you the question. Are you ready for the journey of less worry? Would you like that? It's so available to us. And I think it is a lifelong journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess. We're just so so easily prone to worry. It so easily invades. It so easily comes upon us. And we find ourselves even thinking that there's something courageous in that. God, cleanse us of those thoughts. Set those aside. And God, I pray that you would uh, give us by your spirit the courage to trust you, to declare every time that it's needed that you are God, I am not. You are God, I am not. And to surrender, whatever the situation is, whatever the need is. To turn, to turn our, our, our care list into a prayer list. To bring those before you and then to find the peace that you desire to give us. God, we thank you for that gift. In Jesus' name, amen.